Rattled and Shook is released weekly, every Thursday, and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want to listen ad-free, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get exclusive bonus episodes. For more information, check out the show notes. Now, enjoy the episode. And now, presenting Rattled and Shook. I'm April. And I'm Meredith. And this is Rattled and Shook. I almost forgot to say it. (laughs) And this is Rattled and Shook. A podcast where we tune into scary stories and discuss our deepest, darkest fears. But in a fun way. We got a fun episode for you today. Mm -hmm. It's themed men in suits and top hats. That's the theme. Yeah, yeah. At least in suits, men in men in costumes, men in formal wear, men in yeah. business, business, business wear, men of <laughs> corporate America, men of <laughs> corporate America, men. I'm trying to come up with calendar title names. Yeah, you know what we mean. But if someone came up with like a sexy calendar for entities, <laughs> I think that's wide open there for you. If you'd like to take that business opportunity, <laughs> I uh, I see an untapped part of the market. I'm gonna go for it. Um, I have a story for you. Okay. That happened last night to me. So it's a little tiny story. Shoot. But I slept so badly last night. Like, I don't think I had more than a continuous hour of sleep at any time. Yikes. Um. Yeah. No, it was great. Just out of the blue? <laughs> well, it's because this thing happened right before I was about to go to sleep. And then I think it just kind of like made my sweet dreams impossible. Mm. But I was laying in bed. I was getting ready to drift off. And then behind me, like behind my building, I heard this very brief exchange if you can call it that and it just really haunted me i heard maybe some noises like maybe a knock or something but then i just heard a voice go pretty crystal clear is everything okay i thought i heard someone scream oh shit and then there was no answer i didn't hear any answer or anyone talking again that was all i heard Mm -mm. and it was clear so i was like okay the person was nearby They asked this question. I like was waiting for a response and it never came and I never heard anything else. Did you think they weren't trying to say it to you? No. Right? No, no, no. no. It was not. It wasn't that close to me, but it was Uh close enough where I could hear very clearly. I think it was like, you know, the building behind me or something. But I should have been able to hear a response with how close that voice was. Like there was no like, no, we're good or something. It was just and. Oh, yeah. Could it have been someone on the phone? I thought about that. Maybe someone called, but I didn't even hear them speak again. Like it was just that. Yeah. It was like as if you turned on a movie and then paused it after that line. It was like just that was said. Mm -hmm. And then I was sitting there like eyes open in bed like, (laughs) and everyone's good, right? (laughs) Um, So then I fell asleep just completely on the wrong, you know, frequency. I went to sleep off kilter. Yeah. So it sounded like someone was outside and then said that when they got into their apartment or they said that I think it sounded like someone came to another apartment or something like that Uh and said it to them. 
Gotcha. But I thought I would hear anything, a response, yeah. a door open, a door close. Nothing. And you heard no movement even nope. after that. Nope. It was really weird. Hmm. Strange. You weren't about to like peek out the window. I really didn't want to <laughs> start peeking out <laughs> windows at that point in time. I was like, I, I'll just wait and hear what happens. Mm-hmm. I'd be tempted to look out the window, but I would definitely have the image in my head of opening the blinds and just seeing someone else's mm-hmm, eyes looking mm-hmm. right back at me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a reason I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm a little sleep deprived today. So you're sleep deprived. Well, that's kind of in theme because we've got some Oh yeah. nighttime sightings, a story or two around things spotted at night. You're right. Nighttime scaries. Let's listen to the first one. Here we go. Why do weird things happen to me? I don't know. (laughs) This started when I was very young, about five or six, but it has continued to follow me literally to this day. I can distinctly remember waking up at around 3 a.m. every night for about two weeks when I was a kid. And during that time, I always, without fail, saw a large figure standing in my doorway. The figure had a trench coat, briefcase, and a top hat on, and just stared directly at me. I never felt a sense of dread or in any way threatened by this figure, but I always kept my eyes on it. I would eventually get tired, roll over, and just pretend nothing happened. After two weeks of me seeing this figure, things started to change. I started to see people who were not actually there. I started to talk to people who would immediately vanish after our conversations would end. And the strangest of them all is I would hear what my mom was doing throughout the day, no matter where I was. For example, I would hear my mom talking on the phone, even who she was talking to while she was at work and I was at school. I would hear her say things to me inside my head, but I knew that was ridiculous. There was no way I could hear a message from my mom transmitted via our minds. To make things weirder, I started to see this top hat briefcase person everywhere and he was always watching me. Whether it be driving to the store with my mom, going to school, going out to eat, I would always see it standing, staring, and watching me from a distance. Again, I was about five or six when this first happened to me, but it persisted and got worse when I was in high school. I remember seeing it just a couple of feet away from me at times and it seemed to get closer and closer to me as I got older. Still, I never really felt threatened by it. When I was 15, I finally mustered the courage to speak to my mom about it, partly because this top hat figure was inching closer to me by the day and it felt like it was time to tell someone. It was an uncomfortable thing to bring up, but I figured since we would watch ghost shows together on the weekends that maybe she would be receptive to this kind of thing. Now, this is where the story gets much, much creepier. I started out the conversation by saying, hey, this is going to be weird, but I want to talk about this thing that happened to me when I was like five or six. She paused and then asked me to continue. When I was a kid, There was like a two-week period where I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw something. Stop. She immediately stopped me and said, Have you seen the Top Hat Man too? Immediate chills went up my back. I had never, not once told anyone about this. 
let alone describe the specifics of what this thing that followed me looked like. We got to talking and I learned that she and my grandma, my mom's mom, had seen, experienced, and felt the same thing I had when I was younger. She too saw the top hat man when she was a kid. She too started to see it everywhere. And she to this day catches him following her. She can talk to her mom in her head. They have the same connection I feel with my mom. To this day, I still see the top hat figure following me, though not quite as closely, just lurking in the distance, as if to say, although I'm not at the forefront of your mind, I will always be a part of your life. I love that last line. Yeah. I love the promise to a kid, I guess like a grown-up now, that they'll always be there in the background. Do you think that was supposed to like comfort him? Because I read it as a threat. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like in the horror movie version of this, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, a metaphorical, you kind of become comfortable with your demons. Yeah. And your demons... You almost have like a maybe a Stockholm syndrome or something towards them. You kind of like grow to become friends with your demons over time. That's kind of how I read it. Okay. You know what? I saw this like kind of two different ways. It feels a little bit. Have you seen the Babadook? I knew you're going to bring up the Babadook. I was like, <laughs> 100% April's going to bring up the Babadook. Uh-huh. I have never seen the Babadook and I know it's wonderful and great. And I am very scared of the premise. <laughs> But if you'd like to sit me down and, you know, uh, what's that movie called? Uh, Clockwork Orange, your eyes open. Yeah, if you'd like to clockwork orange my eyeballs to the Babadook, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm at the point where I'm open to it. I have to say, I didn't just pull that out of thin air. Meredith uh, <laughs> held her eyes open with her fingers. But spoiler alert, it's about her coming to grips with her trauma. And the monster is basically the embodiment of that. Yeah, This movie's 10 years old, so I'm going to go ahead and say... I think it's safe. I honestly am embarrassed to say that I haven't seen it because everyone loves The Babadook. I'm surprised. I know. And you liked It Follows, and I feel like you would like this because it's very character-driven. I think I will. It's very metaphorical. You know what I mean? It's like there's way more depth to that movie than something like Saw or whatever. Maybe someone out there can relate to this, but you know when you're afraid of a movie and you haven't even seen it? Mm -hmm. I have had like creepy thoughts or like had a hard time sleeping from the idea of the Babadook. I think something about the visual of the Babadook really freaks me out. It's freaky. So I just need like a little bit more April in my life. I'd happily sit down with you and force force you to watch it. And it's also a mother and son, right? Yeah. Wow, there are a lot of parallels. And there's a top hat. The the Babadook has a top hat, so. Did someone write in the Babadook? This was sent to us, like this was sent to Tenderfoot by a real person. So this is someone's real story. Mm -hmm. It's just remarkably similar to the Babadook. Very similar to the Babadook and even more similar to this movie called Butterfly Kisses. And it sounds silly, but it's like a faux horror documentary about this local legend in this town called Peeping Tom. The legend is you go to this tunnel, you stand at one end, you look 
through the tunnel to the other end, if you are able to keep your eyes open for one whole hour, Peeping Tom will appear to you. And then he will stalk you. Oh my God. Throughout your life. And every time you see him, he appears closer and closer and closer to you. I'm looking at the trailer. This looks creepy. I've yeah. never heard of this. It's surprisingly good. And it's like not very well known. No. I found it like out of the blue one day. It surprised me. Have you ever seen Peeping Tom, the movie, the 1960 movie? I haven't. Have you seen that one? Oh, I have seen that. Oh, okay. It's like pretty messed up. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's pretty messed up for 1960. Yeah, I know the premise and I was like, I don't know if I can yeah, do that. You would hate the premise. I would hate, yeah. But I think we should maybe <laughs> just do a back-to-back -back Peeping Tom. Uh, yeah, double feature. double feature. Let's do it. That might be actually considered one of like the first modern day slashers. I think Black Christmas did it with teens in a house getting picked off mm -hmm. one by one. That's the Christmas slasher, right? Yeah. But I feel like Peeping Tom was almost like the very first of the slasher genre. I think it came right before Psycho. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely got like interesting effects. And I think so Psycho was the same year. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Let's see which came first. But they definitely have similarities and how like the killer approaches the female prey, if you will. Yeah. And you're in that point of view. Some of the POV shots. Yeah, and it's it's unsettling. It's definitely unsettling. Yeah. Oh, wait, so Psycho was two months after Peeping Tom's premiere. Mm. Interesting. Peeping Tom, the first slasher, is often cited with bringing together for the first time the elements of the all-American slasher movie. Mm. All right, you're right. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, we have homework to do. We have a, a triple feature. Oh, we're, I don't think I can handle the Peeping Tom, <laughs> Peeping Tom, and Babadook in one night. I don't think I, don't think I can handle that. <laughs> butterfly kisses. Oh, butterfly kisses. Sorry. Sorry. And I think they call it that because he's supposed to get so close to you at one point. Oh, God. That <laughs> when he blinks, you can feel his eyelashes. <laughs> oh, God. Don't tell me that. Now, a word from our sponsors. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. 
I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Let's tune in to another story. One of my earliest memories as a child was when I was kidnapped. And it was caught on film. And it happened right in front of my parents' eyes. This was the late 80s, perhaps 1990. It was late spring, and my parents decided to take me to a park where we could spend the afternoon. They loaded things up, and we took a drive to a lakefront park I remember this particular playground being like any other. Swings off to one side, monkey bars to hang from, and one of those giant play sets that had a slide. There were metal ladders and rope ladders to climb, and a tower that housed the slide. The first time the man in the suit approached me, I was on the swing set. He sidled up to me, leaned down and said hello, and asked me how I was doing. I remember being told about stranger danger, and my child brain said that if I responded, I'd never see my parents again. So I hopped down mid-swing and took off towards the playset while yelling, No! I hauled my butt to safety, up in the playset, and crawled into a small cube-like area near a tube that led to the slide tower. I looked for the man in the suit, while desperately trying to put eyes on my parents who I couldn't see at the table we'd selected. I was on my own, and I told myself I was fine, until the man in the suit appeared with a smile at the same opening where I'd entered. Hey, I didn't mean to scare you, sweetie. Do you like puppies? Candy? I remember a bolt of panic. I was isolated, and my parents were nowhere to be seen. And weirdest of all, there didn't seem to be any other children on the playset. I was terrified that I was doomed never to see my parents again. I said, I don't know you, go away, and tore off down the tunnel towards the tower, thinking I'd be safe there. I sat up in the tower for what felt like forever, but was probably only a minute or two. I was satisfied that I didn't see the man in the suit anywhere during that entire time. So, I dropped into the slide, eager to run off to find my parents. As soon as my feet hit the ground, the man in the suit popped out from behind and stepped in front of me, blocking my path. I couldn't get around him. I was trapped. He asked me where my parents were and I shrugged, keeping my head down. Then he said he'd help me find them. But first, we had to check in on the puppies and kitties in his car. I just nodded. I was resigned. There was no help, and my stomach was in knots, knowing I'd never see my mom and dad again. He guided me towards the woods, and I trudged along next to him in defeat. We walked several feet into the woods before he stopped and said we were almost there. He pointed to his van in the distance. Before we go, can I ask why you came with me? Do you know who I am? 
I kept my head down and shrugged. He crouched down next to me and said, I'm not here to hurt you. Please look at me and tell me if you know me. Can you do that? I looked up, and yes, I recognized him once I actually looked at him, but I couldn't place him. I nodded enthusiastically. Yes, yes, I knew him. But he frowned and shook his head. No, I don't think you do know me. I'm the weatherman for Channel 4. I'm here with you because your parents said it was okay. They were confident you'd be a runner. That's right, folks. I'd been duped. There absolutely was a van in the distance, but it was a news van, not the van of some local creeper. They had chosen that park for a segment on daylight kidnappings. They wanted to see how children and adults reacted. And while I had been the only child to run away, I still failed the test, live on TV, with my parents watching in horror from a safe distance. First of all, here's what I have to say to this kid or this now grown adult who experienced this as a kid. You did not fail. Your parents failed you. I knew you were going to feel that way. (laughs) I knew you were going to feel that way. I understand the curiosity of, you know, let's see what my kid would do in this situation. But you like set them up to fail. You kind of like traumatized your kid in the process. And presented a scenario where it wasn't just like, here's a strange man, what are you going to do? It's, here's a strange man, and also we've abandoned you. Yeah. (laughs) What are you going to do? And honestly, this is also on the TV station. Whatever producer was like, you know what would be a great segment? Let's make an example of a child on on TV. Yes. (laughs) A multiple, apparently. So this story was sent into Rattled and Shook from Shelby. So Shelby, Mm -hmm. glad that this was fake. And yeah. uh, you were actually just in a reality TV experiment the whole time. Yeah, I'm so sorry that this Black Mirror episode happened to you. <laughs> but I don't think maybe childhood trauma was exactly factored in the same way then. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was like 1990. This would happen in 1990. Yeah, 100%. And people would be like, so important, so brave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to make your kid think that they are completely alone, that's a lot. Yeah, I know. It's scary with the jungle gym being all confined. Mm-hmm. I guess I related to the part where she just is like resigned to the idea that like, I guess this is what's happening. <laughs> that made me so sad. <laughs> I know, but I think I was that kid. I think I was afraid of like, if someone came and was like, hey, little girl, blah, 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 blah. I think I was just silent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone willingly, but. But you would like freeze up. Yeah, she yells no. And I was like, good for her. Right. I think I would have been like, Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing, because she did what she was supposed to off the bat, but they they almost pushed her into a corner. And it's like, what else is she going to do? There's no one to run to. And she did recognize the man, which I love that kind of like little twist Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) where she would recognize him from TV. When I first heard that, I was like, what's going to (laughs) happen? She knows him? Yeah. The story was a great ride. When it came in and I was reading it, I I was like, what's going on here? I did not see what was coming. A roller coaster in every way. It was very well told. 
Yeah, it's about the best stranger danger story I've ever heard. Yeah. You didn't fail, Shelby, in my opinion. There was no other option. <laughs> no. There was no other option. Should I not talk shit about Shelby's parents? <laughs> no, it's okay. I think it's fine. I think everyone's... We left the 90s in the 90s. And this story is very 90s. It is. I would never recognize my local newscaster now. I know. <laughs> Why do they have the weatherman doing this? I don't know. That was another question I had. I'm like, is he trying to, you know, cross over? He's trying to do more serious things. <laughs> He's trying to get his big break as an anchor. Yeah. I don't know if uh, if following kids around the playground was the right move, man. But mm. um, hope that you're an anchor. Yeah, hope it was worth it, buddy. It happened on the backs of traumatized children. <laughs> Now, more words from more sponsors. Here's another story. My husband worked as a government contractor for a company that sends him all over the world. He was usually gone for months at a time. For a few years, my daughter and I would travel with him. One of his business trips was to Bremerton, Washington. We were put into an apartment called Olympic Village. Fully furnished, better than a hotel, especially for that length of time that we usually stayed. Things seemed pretty normal for the first few days. Nothing seemed off or felt weird. One night, my husband came home to the apartment and I had dinner ready. We all sat down at the table to eat, having the normal conversations people do, like how was work type stuff, when all of a sudden, I felt something touch my thigh. It felt familiar, like my old 10-pound chihuahua was begging for food. I looked down thinking I would see a dog looking up at me, but there wasn't anything there. About a week later, my husband and I were watching TV. I thought my dog was laying in the crease of the back of my knee where my legs bend because I felt a weight on the blanket. I looked, nothing was there. One night, I woke up and had to go to the bathroom. I am night blind and I wear glasses, but I decided to just go without putting them on. The bathroom had a window and a light from outside shined through with just enough light that I could see once I got close and around the corner. I headed down the hall, sliding my hand slowly across the wall so I could feel where to go. I came to the corner with my hand still tracing the side and I saw something. It was darker than the dark hall, and the darkness blocked the light from the window. The light traced a body. Its height brought my head to look instinctively up towards where a face would be. 
I froze in terror. This dark figure seemed to be close to 6'5 or taller. Where the head would be? It looked like he was wearing a top hat. I quickly rushed past it to turn on the bathroom light. Nothing was there. Years later, I brought this up to my daughter. I didn't want to tell her before because she was still little. She shared with me she also had seen a man there who would stand in the corner with a big hat and a dog at his feet. So yet another top hat and suit man. These men in their top hats, yeah. Well, I guess I'm just assuming a suit, but like, are you going to be wearing a top hat without a suit? I mean. I think what uh, the other guy, the entity with the briefcase, he described it as like a trench coat. I feel like a long coat situation or a suit works either way or nothing. I mean, I think what <laughs> we're, I think the requirement for this kind of ghoul is that they are dapper. <laughs> yeah, they're like well-dressed, just came from the haberdashery, mm. tall, slim, like Willy Wonka's taller brother look. Yeah. If Timothy Chalamet were seven feet tall. There you go. Yes, that he's a slender man. He is a slender man. <laughs> so what do you think of the getup? What I find very interesting is the concept of the hat man in general and that so many people have similar experiences or sightings, hallucinations, where people just saw the same figure. Tall shadow man with a top hat. Uh-oh. And I just find that very interesting. Yeah. Do you think it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy or like, basically, do you think that because this became a story, now people see it because they know it, just like the way that clowns became scary to everyone like simultaneously? Chicken or the egg? I think for sure. You put an image in someone's head and you say that this is a possibility, it can snowball from there. Yeah. But I think it has to come from somewhere. Like with Entity with a Briefcase, very often they see these figures in and out of sleep during sleep paralysis episodes. Mm -hmm. Kind of both things. You know, it's like compounded by stories getting spread. Yeah, yeah. like I'd love to know if people were way more afraid of birds after the birds. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm not afraid of birds at all. So <laughs> it's really hard for me to understand why people were afraid of the birds. But I have met people that are really afraid of birds. Yeah. And I'm like, is that because we were then told that like birds are something to fear? Mm -hmm. Because there's not really a lot of precedence for like people being attacked by birds besides the owl theory. Right. <laughs> if you're familiar with true crime. The other thing that makes me think of is Jaws. But here's the thing. People did not go in the water. But they were right. <laughs> <laughs> but sharks are scary. You're talking to the wrong person. I'm going to double down here and say <laughs> sharks are scary before. Sharks are scary after. Mm -hmm. We should all be afraid of sharks. <laughs> I agree. Sharks are scary. They look scary as hell. And they're like killing machines. They smell your blood. But they don't often attack people. How often do birds attack people versus sharks? <laughs> birds versus sharks? Okay, let us know what you think. Ooh. Bird versus sharks. That's the next sci-fi original movie. Ooh. Oh, God, like Sharknado or something? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess who often attacks more? 
<laughs> and who causes more fatalities might be different. True. Yeah, whose attacks are more uh, destructive. <laughs> sure, it would be a shark. It's like, hey, you get into car accidents more often than plane accidents. Where am I going? <laughs> I was enjoying the ride, though. It's like car accidents are more common than plane accidents. But if you get into a plane accident, you're done. Did you see the United thing? Oh, the United thing is so freaking scary. I mean, this is old news by now, but in case you don't know, like a United, was it United? It was a Boeing 737. That's what I know. Yeah, it's a United Airlines flight, but I think it was Alaska Airlines. So I guess they own them. Okay. Yeah, so the door plug blew off and like it sucked like the wall out. <laughs> yep. While they were in the air. Insane. Did it suck anybody out of the plane? No, but that kid's <clears throat> shirt got sucked out. Oh my Had God. His shirt ripped off of him when the panel of a plane blew off during a flight. That is so terrifying. What I learned after hearing about this is that Boeing 737s are dangerous as hell, yet still are in the air. <laughs> what I read is that they started to admit like, oh, we've been seeing some issues with these. But it wasn't, you know, common knowledge. I don't think anyone thought it was as bad as it was. Yeah. But I am um, going to be checking my plane. I'm going to be checking my plane. Yep. And this is not good for me because I'm a window seat girl. I'm a committed window seat girl. Um, I've never been more happy to be an aisle seat girl. <laughs> and also, that's so us. That is so <laughs> us. You are such an aisle seat girl. You had to get up. You're going to go someplace. You need an exit. Yes. I want to be cocooned. No. I want to see the world. <laughs> I want to see how high I am. <laughs> you do get to control the window. Uh, yeah, I do get to control the light. But I, I can't. I need to be free. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a tangent. But anyway, hat men. Anyway, have you ever seen a man with a suit and a top hat? Yeah, right in. No, have you? I'd love to hear. No, you, April. Oh, <laughs> I have not. My sleep paralysis episodes have been more auditory. Mm. Um, I've never actually seen anything. Thank God. Please do not let this happen to me. I'm just going to put it out there into the universe. I do not want to see a top hat man. No, thank you. All right. Have you seen a top hat man? Have you ever seen a man with a hat? Ever? <laughs> yeah. um, no, never. I'm physically incapable of seeing men with hats. They're just invisible to me. <laughs> no, I've never seen a top hat man. I wouldn't like to see a top hat man. Yeah. But let us know. Yeah, definitely write in. Tell us if you've seen a top hat man or a well-dressed, scary, slender, tall entity. Tim Burton looking Timothy Chalamet type. Yeah, please do. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, see ya. Bye. Bye. Rattled and Shook is a Tenderfoot TV production in partnership with Odyssey. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Co-executive producer is Meredith Stedman. Hosted and produced by April Ruha and Meredith Stedman. Lead editor and sound designer is April Ruha. Additional production by Sean Nerney. Production management by Tracy Kaplan and Jordan Foxworthy. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Original art by Puppy Teeth. Follow us on social media at Rattled and Shook. Oh, my God.